You are now listening to For All Nerds Show, a podcast about geek and pop culture from the perspective of people of color. For All Nerds is hosted by DJ Ben Amin and Tatiana Keen Jones. For All Nerds Show is a member of the Loudspeakers Network, where we always say rest in peace to our founder, Combat Jack. For All Nerds Show is powered by our listeners. Everything we do from our podcasts, live events, our website are all independently funded. Please continue to support us through our Patreon page at patreon.com slash forallnerds. Welcome to the Fan Bros, the show where the bros are fans. And what's up, y'all? And welcome to another episode of the Four All Nerd Show. The voice of the Urban Geek, the podcast where we discuss geek culture according to people of color. And as always, here on the spaceship, it's your boy DJ Ben Amin, aka Halal Jordan, Black the King Kirby. Baron Benzimo, Toss a Coin to your Ninja, Lion O Richie, De La Troll, Bernie Slanders. You're <laughs> <laughs> on the stage tonight. Oh my God. And as always, I'm joined by Tatiana King, the Grand Duchess of Tech, also known as Flex Luthor, Ned Slanders, Gucci Mane, DeLorean, Lambo Calrissian, Sean Jean Luc Picard, Jay Prince of All Saiyans, and the Ting of the North. All right, all right, all right. How you doing today? I am doing well. I'm feeling good, you know, fully vaccinated. Feel like I want to be outside. It's hot today. We in the 80s today. Like, yo. So it's it feels good. To, summer's my favorite season, obviously. So it's my time to shine in the sunshine. So I'm just, I'm just getting ready to go outside. I want to go to the beach. I want to do stuff, you know, within reason, but I still want to do stuff. Me too. Me too. Definitely within reason. But yeah, things are looking up. I'm actually about to do my first gig next Saturday. Mm. Yes, confirmed. DJ Ben Amin, the DJ will be DJing in real life. Wow. I've been <laughs> like at an inside joint because I did a couple of block parties, a couple, you know, outdoor things last year. But at an inside joint, it has been since like February of last year. Wow. Wow. How does that feel? Interesting. Um, I don't know yet. You know what I mean? <laughs> Even though as people on the show, listeners know I am fully vaxxed, I still feel a ways about being around people. Yeah. As you should, because it's still a pandemic. And I think everyone has to remember that. CDC is also giving a lot of conflicting information that is pissing me off, particularly when it comes to mask wearing. I've said it before on Twitter. I'm going to say it here on the show. I'm still wearing a mask and probably from here going forward, just because I feel like, and particularly not every single time uh, when, you know, once stuff is actually contained, but particularly when I'm in big groups, uh, when I'm underground and on a, in a train, if I'm personally sick, if I'm on a plane within a small space, because I've like, I, I used to fly quite a lot throughout the year. And anytime I flew, I would get sick. It's just that, 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 that recirculated air being around all them people stuff. And, and of course, you know, back then when we was just raw dogging in the air all the time, we didn't know why we was getting sick. We were just like, Oh, you know, maybe it's just cold or whatever, whatever. But no, it's because of all them germs and stuff. And also the plane is mad dirty. Like, 
The things that you would think would have gone on just because it's right, like you're on this hunk of metal that's touched by thousands of people a day. I mean, they really don't clean. And again, it depends on, I guess, what class you in. But I haven't seen them clean well. If if, if Naomi, the the mother Campbell, wears like, you know, what's, what's going, in the beginning of the pandemic anyway, it was showing you how she cleaned it, her whole space thoroughly, that should tell you something. She was in the super, super, super first class. So what do you think they're doing with us in the economy? So yeah, I'm I'm all about making sure my space is clean, but also just back to the mask. I'm going to be wearing that in these enclosed spaces, spaces where I'm with a bunch of other people. Again, when I'm sick, I know that it's never been cultural here in the West to do that. But in the East, especially if you look at places like Japan, that's normal. Like, because you are caring for your fellow person and as well as yourself. So that's my move for this whole thing. I'm going to be cautious. I'm still going to be careful about going too hard out there. And like I said, I'm going to still stay masked up for the most part. All right. Well, yeah, me too. Uh, Like I said, I'm debating whether I'll be masked up during this. You know, I'm DJing a wedding. It feels weird Mm -hmm. to be rocking a mask during somebody's wedding but just i mean have it with you never know i mean and also the dj you're kind of away from everybody i'm definitely right? away we've already established that we got a yeah. whole line around it yeah we're keep- yeah so so you may not need to do all that and also i know uh, particularly when people need to see your mouth movement you know they and when you're trying to communicate even like you know doing those silent communications like maybe they want to see that personable side of you i guess but but also people also used to the mask too so i don't know it's it's, it's kind of a give and take but it, i would say the fact that you're away helps and whatever you feel yes true indeed yeah but yes you know we've talked enough about all that because this <laughs> is the for all nerd show and you know we've got a great guest tonight a lot of things going on thank you i mean we act like we just you know sometimes we uh i don't feel like we don't talk about enough about what we've done you know and just this week, we had Malcolm Spellman on the Ooh. show, the head writer of The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And according to rumors, still unsubstantiated rumors, <laughs> the writer of Captain America 4. Captain America 4, this dude gave us an incredible interview. He loved the interview and com- and... Based on the feedback we're getting from all of y'all, y'all fucks with it too. So we we are are proud of that of that conversation we have. We're really proud that you all enjoyed it. If you haven't seen it yet, make sure you're listening on your favorite podcast platform. Make sure you also, if you want to see some visuals, we got the visuals. We have it on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash for all nerds TV. Again, you can always go to that channel if you ever miss our live streams, if you ever miss the interviews that we have with amazing guests and everything in between. Just hit that up. But yeah, Ben, you're right. We have to celebrate that more. Mm-hmm. Yes, because, uh, you know, it's like we just keep moving because we got an, another amazing guest tonight and we act like we didn't just have Malcolm Mother Spellman up in here. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like that didn't just happen well well we keep it moving because as you say we're doing a lot and and we i mean our plates are always full and and especially folks like disney to make sure that as we told y'all what we're going to be doing is we're going to be doing some exclusive reviews of certain shows on our patreon that's patreon.com slash for all nerds and if you were a patron or are a patron by the time i finish the sentence you will have seen that we've already done a review of this past season of Invincible. So you already know where we stand about the 
about the series, what we see for the future or, or have no idea about. <laughs> but my thing is, the only place you're going to get our full understanding and our full thoughts about it is on our Patreon. And you're also going to get our review of the first three episodes of The Bad Batch as well. Soonish. Soonish. Shout outs to Kenya Barris. That's his, <laughs> oh, no, that's his no, new time no, travel no, series. No. We're Soon-ish. done with the ish series. Yeah, that, the no, ish that, universe. He ain't, ain't going to have his, his time travel series? I'm Soon-ish? very done with the ish universe, sir. Oh, man. Uh, shout outs to Mixedish, which got canceled. It hurts because I. Did you semi, like it? I semi enjoyed it. I felt I never like. watched it. Oh, okay. The grandfather and the aunt were incredible, and the aunt and the mom, when together, were incredible. That was it. Okay. Yeah, it, I you know. You. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not that, gonna go that, back to check. That part was gr- was great. You know, what I mean, I wish I was hoping for a spinoff or something instead of this. You know, it might have found its legs later, but you know, and I still watch um, what do you go uh, which is popping, and I don't really get it. The college joint, Gronish. Yeah, Gronish. You don't like Gr- Gronish? Is actually good. Did you see the latest season when my man no, got... No, I have not seen the latest Okay. Season. Uh-huh. The ending so is... So, if you're telling me something changes, then I'm a little... <laughs> no, it's not like that. It's just the the the, the cliffhanger. <laughs> oh. Oh, wait, wait, wait. You mean... I'm, I'm, wait, is it out right now? Yeah, it's been out. Yeah, a few episodes. But no, I haven't seen... The latest season. Because it's been out. They're, they're I'm done. Like, there was a cliffhanger the season before that. When when he went to Paris? When Zoe? When Zoe... Went yeah, went to Paris. No, 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 no. This is a whole other cliffhanger. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, I don't know what to make of that. But for all the other ish series, I just have one phrase to say. I'm not going to be there. Okay. All right. Well, so, I still love Blackish. I still love Blackish. And this is actually going to, is this, is this or the upcoming season going to be their final season? The upcoming season will be the final season. And, and, and which is sad, but also I understand. Like they, they've come to a natural conclusion. The cast has really literally grown up in front of our eyes that the kids anyway of the cast like i i was looking at and sometimes if you watch like the streaming like you'll see they'll throw in the super old episodes when like jack and diane are like eight (laughs) they started on the show at seven and right and now they're like 16 17 yeah oh my god so you just just seen like seeing the older the super old episode then a newer episode with jack where he has like the the facial hair his voice is changing and i'm just like oh my god i watched y'all when y'all was babies yes oh but i'm like i said i'm really happy and i'm really proud of them and and i'm i'm you know again sad but i'm also satisfied i think their decision they make makes sense it's time and I, all the cast have been doing a lot of different things since that time and I know that they want some more freedom as well yeah they'll be good there's no need to worry about them at all but man you know on some other thing this is kind of like old news to some people but your boy's been watching Rebels Star Wars Rebels Oh, I've been approaching the end of it I'm on the final season Last night, I watched the episode entitled Jedi Knight. Mm-hmm. If you've seen it, pain. <laughs> Just pain. <laughs> Hurts when breathe. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'd like, it's a three-year-old show, so I don't, you know, but I still don't want to spoil it for anyone who hasn't seen it. I... You know, love Clone Wars. I talked about Clone Wars on here. And then I was watching Rebels at a more leisurely pace. I kind of chewed through Clone Wars and I wanted to enjoy Rebels. And 
Rebels is one of them shows to me that it's just like so far in the Bad Batch where it it, it grew. I guess Clone Wars was the same way. You know, it starts off I to good <laughs> and then turns into one of the best things you've ever seen. And I'm heartbroken over the episode Jedi Knight right now. Like, I think I'm going to watch the next one tonight, but... Damn. Are, are you going to share with everyone why you're so heartbroken? Like, or is that going to be a Patreon exclusive? Are you going to have just a video of you crying? <laughs> and like I say, can, I mean, it's a three-year-old show. It's not really a spoiler, right? Now, a lot of people still haven't seen it. I, I haven't seen it. I mean, so, oh, you're asking if it's a spoiler? I mean... Are people going to go back and watch that to watch before they watch Bad Batch? I mean, I'm not. I, I just went right into Bad Batch. <laughs> so, um, and I, and, Rebels and, ain't got nothing to do with Bad Batch. Uh, well, well, I mean, you know how you just want some color, but... Yeah. Well, mm. you... All right. Well, then, I will say it. It's three years old. Get, you know, y'all... You know, spoiler <laughs> alert, folks. <laughs> Jedi Knight is the episode where Kanan meets his demise. Kanan is the... Jedi, who is the head of the crew. Well, I guess Ezra is the head of the crew, but Ezra is Kanan's Padawan. Kanan is the Jedi Master training Ezra throughout the series. Kanan at one point got blinded, and he's in love with a woman named Hera, and their relationship and his relationship with Ezra are just some of the best things about this series. And Kanan's relationship with the Force and just his whole Jedi-ness, you know, is just ill. Like, he's one of them great Jedi characters, you know? Mm. And he met his end, saving his love and his Padawan and his friend Sabine, who's another one of my favorite characters. I mean, all these are like my, like, they're up there with Ahsoka, you know? Like, Sabine, Kanan, Ezra, and Hera are just, and um, I always forget my man's name. The last dude, I can't, sorry. I'm sorry to y'all in the Twitch chat right now. Apparently. Yeah. <laughs> no, he is, though. I just forget his <laughs> Zeb, 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 sorry, sorry, Zeb, my man Zeb, all of the rebels are some ill-ass characters, you know, like, I can't remember the, um, there's a dude who uh, turns from the Empire and joins them, he's ill, you know, it's it's an ill series, but Kanan's moment trying to save his friends and knowing that it's his end, I knew it was coming, like, that's the thing, it is so telegraphed, like, the foreshadowing is ridiculous, like, this Negro gonna die! You know, it tells you like like maybe four episodes before it happens. It's like, bruh, this man is done. And I knew it was coming. There was no way, you know, I was like, oh, he done, he done, he done. And then when it happened, it still kind of comes out of nowhere. And it's like, it is one, it's one of the most beautiful moments, you know, in Star Wars to me. It's an incredible animation, the whole sequence. Damn. The music. The acting, you know, from the characters, it's heartbreaking. It's one, it's like, there's a moment within this moment that I'm not going to spoil that. It's just like, it, it really didn't even hit me until like the third time I rewound it. Because I kept rewinding it. I was so like, oh my God. you got your heart broken twice? Three, four times. Because I kept rewinding it. Damn. I watched it again today. I had to. Because it's, it's such a moment, you know, but it's like. Damn, double homicide. Double So, yes, folks, if you have not seen uh, Clone Wars or Star Wars Rebels, I highly recommend both of them. If you're a fan of Bad Batch, if you're on our Patreon and you're, you know, hyped for this review of Bad Batch. You should be hyped because I like Bad Batch and that's all I'm going to say on this show. All right. Well, you, my friend, 
would love Clone Wars and Rebels. It would blow your goddamn mind. Clone <laughs> 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 Wars and Rebels, nigga. Nigga, when Obi-Wan meets um Darth Maul again in Rebels, nigga, is one of the like because you remember the original meeting, you know, when when he kills his when he killed uh Qui-Gon. And when they come back together. Niggas die every day, B. I mean, they definitely did that day. That's all I can say. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and as we know, Obi-Wan is still around. So, you know, um, yeah, that's not really a spoiler, folks. And Obi-Wan treated it with, like it was. Niggas die every day, B. Like Darth Maul, just another nigga in the way. <laughs> that was so, so cold about it. The other disrespect. <laughs> It was like this nigga Darth was mad for like 30 years trying to get back. And this nigga, this nigga finally catches up with him and it's like, fuck out of here. Damn. <laughs> fam, 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 fam. Ah, y'all gotta watch these shows, folks. Woo. And ma'am, ma'am. Um, you know, we got a lot of great things to talk about, a lot of big things on this episode, but I do want to take a second and just say, I mean, rest in power. Blessings upon blessings. Thank you. I'm sure mm. we've mentioned him before on this show at some point. Multiple, a, multiple times. Multiple even times. even in last week. Even I mean, what am I talking about? Even in last week, I'm like one of the biggest fans of his work and just comedy in general. And I feel like he contributed so much to comedy, you know, that mm. a lot... Th- from his own stand-up, from his sit-down, as people were pointing out today, because he barely did stand-up. He was always just sitting there telling jokes. The one and only Paul Mooney, man, the legend himself, passed away Wednesday at the age of 79 from, it seems, from a heart attack. And, Mm. yeah, man, it just hurts. Because Paul Mooney, if you don't know who he is, Google, watch some YouTube some of it might be a little too much for some of y'all. I will not lie. I watched a reason. I remember a few years ago, I was watching a Paul Mooney special and I had to turn it off. I was like, man, this man mad today, boy. But Paul Mooney is one of the most brilliant minds to ever work in comedy. He mm-hmm. worked with, he was a writer with Richard Pryor, with Dave Chappelle on the Chappelle show. A lot of people know him from his Negro Domus stits where he would sit there and, um, predict the future or his ask a black man shit where he was going around and they were ha- asking random people <laughs> and sometimes these random people had turned into be like Stephen King asking about do black people like to go to black dentist right and I mean and I know clearly I'm, I was way late with it but my introduction to Paul Mooney was a Chappelle show mm, yep yeah so. that was his introduction to a lot of people I know Paul because I was such a fan of Richard Pryor so that's mm-hmm. what made me find out about Paul Mooney first because he just was one of the best writers ever, you know, beyond his stand-up. Mm-hmm. He wrote for Richard, you know what I mean? Like, he helped Richard prior to me, the GOAT, you know, like yeah. the undisputed GOAT of comedy. I mean, again, say what you will about Paul or how you felt about him or, or what you didn't like, whatever. At the, as, as, as you said, he was so impactful and... While you may not agree with absolutely everything he said, I know I probably don't, but there's just certain things, certain certain expressions that he he shared that has really has always hit home and's always been 
like real life. Like when he says it's his famous, everybody want to be a nigga, but nobody want to be a nigga. Like that is one of the most profound statements ever uttered in the history of mankind. Yes. It should be inscribed on a statue somewhere. Yeah. It should be like put over the faces on the, what's the Mount Rushmore? Like that shit should be tat- over the face of tattooed on their forehead. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Got tattooed on their forehead like twenty one savage. Yes, yeah, like twenty one savage. Everyone wants to be a yeah. nigga. In fact, I'm about to get Mr. Morris to do that for me. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! See, but even like again. <laughs> despite some of the negativity there like you see even just thinking about the things he's saying you know even prevalent as well but he's still making you laugh right he's still making you laugh in his passing so that energy will still always live on i'm definitely saying rest in power to paul mooney like i was shocked watching that like i didn't even i didn't even think was he like 76 or something like okay 79 like my dyslexia can't click then but i just i i mean He's just been around like I just it just he it never occurred to me that he would be the next to go like and it just it just never registered and and I've, and apparently like he uh, based on what I've read today that he had a heart attack. Yep. So and I don't he's know always the seemed in such great everything. health, you know, and just, yeah. I mean, as funny as he was, and as much as he's witnessed in his country, you know, to be seventy nine years old, so. And, you know, imagine a black comedian who's had to suffer through everything, the death of your friends, the death of, you know, just everything. And like seeing, you know, Malcolm Martin in real life time, things of that nature. Mm -hmm. And to still have to crack out jokes and to known to be one of the greatest of all time, but to not get the respect from the general public like Mm -hmm. that. Mm-hmm. You know, for black people and black comedians, you know, they're crying today. You know, that this is a blow. But for, you know, the general public, people don't know. And so to be Paul Mooney and to have to gone through all that and to be as brilliant as he is and have to face America every day, man, it's like, you know, there's that famous joke about uh, the clown who goes to see the doctor. And, you know, he's like, I'm sad and tired all the time. I'm depressed. And the doctor's like, oh, don't worry. Go see the great clown Pavalacci. And he's like, but doctor, I am the great clown Pavalacci. You know? And that's what, that's Paul Mm. Mooney, you know? Yeah. Like what does, who did Paul Mooney go to to make him laugh, you know, to deal with all the drama and the nonsense that we deal with? Like, like you say, you might not agree with everything he said, but it's just like with Dave Chappelle, with any great, with Richard Pryor, these people I love to death and I don't agree with everything they say. But I'm so thankful for them for saying the things that need to be said, especially in this time, a bum ass, like, you know, Rogan, other Mm. cats out here, Mm -hmm. you know, I almost said his name. One of them idiots, you know. (laughs) (laughs) We won't, however. But yeah, like, you know, in this time of these people who's running around talking about cancel culture and shit like that, you never heard Paul Mooney say that because Paul Mooney said, always understood. You could say whatever you want the fuck to say as long as it's funny. You know what I mean? He was never one of these bum motherfuckers who thinks that you can't say things who are sitting there talking into a microphone, talking about they're worried about being co- uh, canceled. Straight white men talking in a microphone to millions of people worried about being canceled. Not my And to other black men co-signing them, but oh, God damn it. See, I might not ever always agree with you, everything you, they you, do. You, you, you know, that's on. what I mean. I might not always agree all, with everything they do, but all, you know. All we really got to say is rest in peace, rest in power, rest in paradise <laughs> to Paul Mooney. 
rest in power always. Watch Hollywood Shuffle if y'all ain't seen it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Watch any of his classics. You know, we'll go watch some Richard Pryor. You know. But thank you for real. Thank and with you. that, we are going to be right back with another person that I'm happy that we have here today because, you know, we don't get to say thank you to these people enough. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm going to say a few words of thanks and praises because right after the break, we have the one and only Feral Munch in the building. Hi, I'm Professor Brandon Obunu, a scientist who studies genetics and epidemics. And when I'm not doing long division, I'm listening to For All Nerds. Hey, yo, this is Danny Lore. And this is Vida Ayala. And we are Twin Speaks. And when we are not writing Ironheart or James Bond, we are listening to For All Nerds. Hi, my name is Genevieve King, and I play Jackie Veda on Netflix's Lock and Key. When I'm not cooking up new recipes in my kitchen, then I'm listening to For All Nerds. Hey, everybody. This is Peter Ramsey. I am the director of Rise of the Guardians and one of the directors of Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. And I like to listen to For All Nerds with Tatiana and the great Benjamin. Hey, this is Hiro Karangawa, actor and playwright. And you are listening to For All Nerds All The Way. Hi, this is Lexi Alexander, and I'm a filmmaker and a writer. And when I'm not playing with my vintage toys and feeding myself and my dog, then I'm listening to For All Nerds. Hey, what's up? This is Otto Asado. And when I'm not on television and movie sets, I am listening to For All Nerds. Welcome back, fam fam. As always on the spaceship, we bring you the fire and our special guest continues this tradition. You may know him from his time with Organized Confusion or his multiple classic solo projects, or you may have just gotten hip to him with the release of A A Magnificent Day for an Exorcism, his new album with the supergroup 13. So let's all welcome one of the greatest MCs, your favorite rapper's favorite rapper, a true musical genius, <laughs> the one and only Pharaoh Munch. Welcome back to the spaceship. Well, is, is the prodigal son's return? Oh my God, it's been years. <laughs> I saw y'all. We did a panel with Star Wars versus Star Trek. Yes, and. It was Quayle Chris and Jean Grey and myself and um uh who was on my team? Uh, uh Tatiana was on I was on your team. team. <laughs> <laughs> I was just sitting there like smiling like he don't <laughs> because we did He's like what celebrities was on my team. Oh, we didn't win. <laughs> it was uh, the people who was on t- it was me, you and Quayle Chris who was on our team, okay. who was on okay, the Star okay, Trek okay. team. And okay. then Ben had Gene and I don't know who the third person was on your team, Ben. Mr. Lynn. Mr. Lynn, Mr. Lynn. Mr. Yeah. Lynn. Okay, okay. I yeah. I remember that very vaguely because I was upset that we didn't win. And I felt like my team let me down. Wow. But you know, I just. Wow. I was Shots just like, fired at the guest. 
Alex right away. Hey, <laughs> see it in your face too. You couldn't hide it. I was like, oh, we I, 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 I got to tell the truth. And, and Pharaoh's family, right? I have to tell the <laughs> truth, man. It is what it is. But I'm so happy to see you nonetheless. But yes, as we said, thank you for joining us. We obviously want to talk to you because, yes, we just mentioned you have your projects out now. But I mean, again, you're getting back to basics and back to the nitty gritty, back to the roots of what makes you like what makes you happy in this world the things that you enjoy in this world as evidenced by your figurine collection behind you we got to get into this before we get to anything we got to get into all these figurines behind you now we had a conversation right before we started recording and you told me you amassed this collection during the pandemic i did uh wow i was doing doing uh all these zooms obviously during the pandemic yeah and I also have a collection of Monchi cheese, hence the name. And um, that's what I had back there. But I had this one little thing, you know, Ben Grimm figure. It was a three-inch one, and it was, like, from the 80s that I had kept, and it was, like, all broken. And my guy, Wade, on Instagram, who's also a collector and put me on, and he does photographs and reviews of mm. figures, he was like, what's up with that whack-ass thing you got behind you in the interview? <laughs> and I was like, oh, man, play me out. So, you know, me and him became cool, and he just you know, put me on to a bunch of link links. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he was like, you know, who's your dude? I'm like, you know, I'm an X-Men dude. Wolverine's my dude. Mm-hmm. And, and then I just went nutso at, as I learned about uh, you know, the legends and, and the, the Hasbro joints and the Mezco joints and the Mafex joints and the different varieties of uh, companies that uh, do these different different pieces. And I just went nuts with it. Um, and it was therapeutic. Mm. It was super therapeutic just having the figures and posing the figures and um, tapping in to film or moments or your own imagination. I found a, a, a Illmatic calm coming over me like, this is what I've been missing. It's mm-hmm. the figures. And it even pushes on the lyrical side because once you center, it's, it's kind of easier to go to different places in, in the writing aspect of things as well. So they, they've been a, a, a lifesaver of my figures. Yes. <laughs> that's that's facts and i wanted to point out the figures behind you because for two reasons one y'all should be on twitch.tv.com slash for all nerds to actually see this if you're not watching the stream you don't even see what's going on and then two because we wanted to talk about this, this new project you have out right now but ben but, i mean i didn't want to cut you off you had a question yeah i mean not really a question i just wanted to you know confirm that and for those watching on twitch.tv slash for all nerds i know i look who flick right now but we're gonna figure that out but, you know, Marge said something really profound to me right there is that because I feel the same way. Like during the pandemic, I moved into a new place and I got to get my own little room here. And I got like I mm-hmm. really geeked it out. I'll see behind me. You know, I got the skateboard, I got the cap shield and all that. Every time I come in here, it just feels so good. You know, it's just like, yes, like, you know, oh, and like you we were saying, like, you'll see a figure. And you'll start thinking about a comic book or a movie, and it'll inspire you, like, in your writing. It does the same for me. Like, when I'm writing scripts and stuff, it's like, yo, that's just like, oh, that moment. You know, and that's, like, why I keep the Galactus up there and the Silver Surface because that's, like, my favorite. And it just feels good, man. And I think people should do more of that, you know, of just really tapping into their geekness and letting it shine, you know, wherever you are. Because it just makes you feel better about yourself, I feel. 
Yeah, it, it's, it's definitely a way to tune in to something that's pure, uh, something that you got to love for. And when you get into that space, it influences you and inspires you to to give back that same energy. Like you want to create that same thing for someone else or something else or just create in that creative space. That's what, uh, you know, that whole world and comic books and figurines did for me for mm. off the rip. You know, mm. I, I think that's kind of, I don't want to make the, the straight correlation, but, you know, hip hop and that space has always been kind of tied together. It's empowering to to have that connection yeah. for obvious reasons. Yeah. Word, word. So I mentioned before that you formed this, I, I don't even want to call it a group. It's like a super force. It's like the galactic force of musicality. It's yourself, Daru Jones, and Marcus Machado. And y'all came together to form this group called 13. And as I mentioned, you have this critically acclaimed, acclaimed LP called That Magnificent Day for an Exorcism. And one of the standout singles is called Kill, Kill, Kill. Now, what is so interesting about this is this is more than just a single, more than just a record. Like, it's this sounds stupid, but it's so for real. It's, it's an experience. <laughs> like, you have... This this single is connected to both an animated video, a limited edition comic book that's also available digitally, but it's only what what hundred copies that y'all printing, and an NFT series. Can you just explain to us this project, Kill Kill Kill, and just how this came about? Well, um, just off the rip, I'm I'm dumb excited just yeah. coming from that world and going to art school, going to the high school of art and design and collecting comic books before that to to be involved in a uh, animated short for a song, you know, that I, I directed, didn't happen through magic. Like we worked really hard on it. It's just super dope, you know, um, even in the time that it took, like even in this moment, uh, this, this kind of, in this point in my career, it's still dope in the way that it shows that you can still do fresh shit yeah. You know, 20, 25 years into your in, into your career. But yeah, it's an animated short. Um, I wrote it and um, my man see through uh, did the animation on it. And it was one of the first things we actually did for the project. But we knew we wanted to add all these different elements to it, mediums to it, um, mm -hmm. because for me, the, the entire album was about how do you break through and make things interesting for yourself as a consumer, like I get bored with the the, the usual way that things are, are, are rolled out. Yeah. So we were like, you know, how about we roll this out with an animated uh, video? And how about we have a comic book? And how about we play it live? And how about we do all these things to draw people in? Because I feel like we needed more as a new band to kind of get people interested in what we were doing. So, you know, um, as we, we, we grew into the, the, the NFT space, mm -hmm. you, we have these like seven different cards with, you can scan them and the NFTs and mm -hmm. a, a couple of seconds of the animation is in the NFT. Mm -hmm. So it's just about how mm -hmm. creative can you be with what you're doing instead of, instead of this, you know, kind of music world that's so pretentious. I was kind of thinking about how can I give back in a way that 
I would be sitting at home. And if I was watching this, I would be like, this is dope. Yeah. I'm a fan of this group now because uh, it became a little bit too pretentious for me. The hip hop world. How do you give back extra? That's the thinking behind trying right. to write, you know, trying to create something um, dope. So that's the whole story. I mean, like uh, Daru Jones, I mean, just such an ill drummer on the hip hop yeah. side, on the rock side. And then Marcus Machado on the hip hop side and on the rock side. These dudes have played with countless, they're in countless bands and countless projects and played with so many people, too many to even name. And just having them in a situation where we're like in a collective was a dream come true because these are the two people who I wanted, you know, Marcus, because he has this like soulful Hendrix, but yet uh, hip hop and, and rock feel. And same thing with Daru playing with uh, the likes of Jack White mm. and his band. And then, mm -hmm. you know, uh, Taleb and Black Milk and uh, Pete Rock and, you know, all these different uh, funk aspects of things. I thought it would be a dope blend to have in, in what we were doing, which was like not a departure from, from what I normally do, but like an, an addition to what I normally do on the rock side. Yeah, definitely. I feel like uh, when I'm listening to 13, I don't feel like it's a departure at all, especially, for, you know, having followed your career from the pretty much the beginning. And I just feel like it's just an expansion of what you've done before. And it feels very, like, reflective of, I think, the mood at a time of right now, 2020 and 2021, where it feels, and even like, you know, 2025 even, you know, like, it's like forward thinking in a way where it's like predicting what's coming and showing what's coming, especially in some of the visuals for Kill, Kill, Kill. But what was on your mind when you were writing, you know, Kill, Kill, Kill? And is that like the reference to the Ice Cube and Slaughterhouse and everything else? I mean, Mass Day Slaughterhouse, not the other one. Right. Um, well, my, my thinking has been dystopian, futuristic <laughs> since organized confusion and mm -hmm. hypnotical gases and mm -hmm. you know it was like uh how do you stay a step ahead or how do you be ahead of your time like that was an emphasis emphasis on what we were were trying to do in the writing back then like mm. how do you stay ahead of mcs and what what's everybody talking about and how can you be expansive on on your on your topics you know mm -hmm. that was a thing back then i think with this project, what's amazing to me and a blessing to me is um, it's not in the moment. You know, it's unfortunate that a lot of the, the, the turbulence and uh, tumultuous and crazy situations that's, that's happening reoccur. Mm. But um, a lot of this stuff I wrote five, six years ago, we've been working on this project for a long time and you can, can kind of forecast especially um, during the Trump administration, the trajectory of, of where things were starting to go politically. Mm. And so it was kind of easy to be like, man, like this shit is, you know, there's a hard line of division that's happening right now, which will inevitably lead to, you know, some, some, some topics that you can't sweep under the rug and, and that will emerge. 
and the album title is about what's what's kind of happening now and like we gotta address these topics and situations if we're ever going to get to uh, a, a a point where we are collectively you know connecting in a a, a consciousness that's connected we're not going to be able to do that uh unless we have these hard felt conversations about this history and um what was disheartening from a writing standpoint is as as a kid you know even but you know in, in before junior high school i was thinking when you hear 2020 2021 mm-hmm. i just didn't feel like um we would be in this space in a social space and in 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 a political space like we are right now in a racial space like we are right now so yeah. uh i'm i'm still taken aback that we haven't gotten past that you know i know it's a hard thing to get past but like we're talking about star trek you have these episodes where abe lincoln is on the joint and they're literally like you know racism like <laughs> what the yeah. fuck was that you know yeah. <laughs> you know yeah yeah and so as a kid i'm like you know, we're going to get past this shit at some point, you know, but um, it's deep rooted and it's hardcore. And it, it's, it's the, the basis of that shit is really, I don't think there's no worse evil than that. So as dark as this album gets with, with, with titles like Kill, 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 mm-hmm. I don't think they can ever get as dark as what we've been subjected to as, as black people in this country. Absolutely, man. I I mean, and speaking of dark, I mean, kill, kill, kill. If, never mind the the title, the the story behind it, the comic that you you you've written, and the animation that goes behind it. It's it's a dark future type of thing. Like you mentioned that you know it, it also examines the idea of becoming what you hate the most, and and you know we we also see that in like in comics and stories where they even batman has said it in in the uh, older batman movies you know you live long enough to see yourself become the villain so i would say do you have life experience where you've either seen that occur or even within yourself you felt that and is that what helped to inform this story yeah we're constantly like well let me speak for myself i'm constantly (laughs) i'm constantly like emotional and 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 an empath about these subjects that I'm writing about, but also aware and careful to be like, don't be consumed by these emotions at the same time because you want to stay even and you want to stay fair and, and, and you don't want to jump to conclusions or jump to this, you know, this 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 negative vibe on yeah. some dark side shit. And at the same time, this 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 album is about, you know, if you guys are going to go this dark with us and this open with us and, and, and this blatant as it is right now, then there has to be somebody, you know, bestowed in, in, in the, you know, superhero world, so to speak. Yeah. To, given to us to be like we're going to fight back with that same energy you're throwing at us nice. and that's kind of like the the fuck you the fuck you energy of this this band it's like here's some voodoo for your ass if you, you want let, let, let's go <laughs> you know so we, we fighting with the fuck you energy or we fighting with love 
Which one's more powerful? Um, I, I think the overall arc in the in the beginning is to say, you know, let's get dark with it then. Mm. Let's get dark with it then. And then I hear Martin Luther King's voice saying, you know, the light has to be in there to 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 move away that darkness. Yeah, to bounce it and out. So and, 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 and so I tried to build it until it goes back to an understanding of love at the end of the, the album or or a resolve back in love because that's where it always that's where the key is but it was a hard road there because <laughs> I'm angry and I'm fucking mad <laughs> but I like that though right that that's honest like I, too too often you get this like oh don't you know we and nothing against moving in love and fighting with love it's just like I also want to be angry and I'm going to use that energy. Mm-hmm. I I feel like there's nothing wrong with that. And I feel like sometimes people get pushed down for being angry, but and people, black people, but I, I just feel like, yo, we are angry sometimes and we should want to use that energy to, to help put us where we need to be. That's how I be feeling. Absolutely. That that's kind of like a huge vibe you know, not just raw, raw anger for the sake of being angry, but that's the, yeah. the angst is a, a huge vibe of the record. Um, even when I'm talking shit or it, it's not political or social, it, it kind of have that overtone to it. So that is a, a, a good point about this, this album. And um, hopefully, you know, moving forward with the band, we, we, we reach a, a light in the tunnel. <laughs> it can work towards this this kind of age of Aquarius that I was I was feeling at some some points during the, the pandemic. But then, you know, an enlightenment and then something just slaps you in the face again and be like, we're dealing with some ignorant ass motherfuckers out. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about it. <laughs> yeah. I think that's something because I'm all you know, I'm a big proponent of the idea of love and we were talking about star trek earlier and i'm always hopeful for that star trek world where we're at that point where it's like yo um you know you know abraham lincoln comes up and you're like you know racism you know you used to <laughs> you know used to keep these negroes in chains you know like uh, uh, <laughs> you know that's the, yo. like, that's what i'm hoping for but yeah, man. The reality and the aggressive nature of America, we're just constantly faced with, you know, it is like on that neck all day. So I'm happy that the album does move towards a place of love, but I also understand the mentality of kill, kill, kill in that portion of the album. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, thank you, man. Like, um, I thought it was important to write these kids into the script. Mm-hmm. Um you know, in a lot of films that I've I've taken a liking to over the last couple of years, they kind of have that theme. I'm a sucker for kids. Any film that has little kids in it, I'm already like, whose kids are these? Oh no, what's gonna happen to them? So I was like, <laughs> you know, let's give the kids the, the 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 power. Let's give the girl the 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 headline thing. Yeah, and see if we can draw some interest there, but. Those are the things that I'm naturally drawn to when it comes to film. You, I don't care what the film is about. If you put some scared kids in it that can't find their way back home or whatever, I'm like, <laughs> I'm sold already. <laughs> <laughs> you 
that's like screw the rock i will watch that joint anytime it is on over and over again i you know i love that movie but oh man but yeah kill 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 the visuals i mean first of all it's beautiful visuals you know it's such a distinct style but that shit was heartbreaking, man. You know, like I'm watching yeah. this joint and I'm like, oh no, no, yeah. no, don't. And we're not going to give it away because we want y'all to see this, but. <laughs> don't you know, do we, that. We got, to, we got to see everything. Like we, I read the comic. I saw the NFTs. I saw everything. I saw, I watched the animated video and I know we'll have a link up for that. But mm. what Ben said, I was just like, damn, son, for real. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, That's pretty sad. Yeah. Pretty sad. I, but I will say this. That lead girl is ill, ill in the sense that if you peep it again, you will notice that they're walking back towards the city. Mm-hmm. So there might be a reason mm. why she put the mask on. Yeah. Mm. So not all hope yeah. is lost. Okay. Not all okay. hope is lost. That's good to know. Because <laughs> I was like, damn, son. <laughs> this is what we do with me. Uh, you know, I, I have to ask. Pharaoh, did you know, did you understand NFTs and do you understand it now? Uh, understand it better now that you've, you've become acquainted with it? And let's tell the truth. <laughs> <laughs> he said no. <laughs> Come on, man. What the fuck is this world? You know what I mean? I, I have a little more understanding now, but we hired a whole team to, 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 to be like, no. I want to come to the office and draw it on a chalkboard so I can understand and point to things mm. so I can get it. But no, seriously, uh, I have a better understanding, but it's it's all it's all make believe until it's something real. Like, yeah, and, 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 you know, it is what it is until it's something tangible that you can translate into factual. Yeah, yeah. Money in your pocket. <laughs> but, but I also ask because like uh, it's one of two ways this happens, right? Person's like, I don't understand it. I don't want nothing to do with it. Or someone like you that's like, well, that's not something I've worked with before. I don't understand, but it's something I'm willing to learn and incorporate into my body of work. And I think that should be commended. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm like, I'm always like, what's new? Let me see. How can we flip it? And even in that world, you know, there are people that's like, you know, here's a picture of me in a Kango in, in Pumas in 1989. That's my <laughs> NFT. Yeah. And, you know, my, 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 my people were like, the same way you approach uh, your music is the same way you want to approach this space. Like, you want to be authentic to artists. You want other artists that's in this, this space to be like, that's dope. Yeah. You know, that's that's not some fuckery. They yeah. took time to think about that. <laughs> you know? And that's what I'm glad you said that. I wanted to make that clear. Like, you know, there was intention and purpose behind it. It wasn't just like, yo, let's just throw some NFTs out there. Because I feel like that's just what's happening now. Like, people see the acronym and they just going wild, not really understanding, like, yo, do these people really care? <laughs> like, you know, they just throwing shit out there. Right, I, right, right. I had a dude on the street corner the other day be like, yo, you know, you should do this and turn it into an NFT. And I'm like, <laughs> Nigga, we are standing on the corner. 
Oh my god! I don't think I will. I don't think this is that opportunity that you were looking for. This isn't what you. And that's what it is too. It's just like you know. It's just like you. You know, you imagine somebody being like, "I want to do a hip hop record," and they're like, "A hip hop," you know. And you're like, no, no. <laughs> it's the same thing in that space. It's like, let's do an NFT. It's like, now it's like, no, no, you can make the shit. You can make it something. Yeah. <laughs> it can be something, you know? Yes, yes, yes. Not yeah. a hip hop. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh my God. We got to use that. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, 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 Farrah, you, you talked a lot about just the fact that, like, this, this. I mean, I, t- I talked about your background, but like comics and that world and all that, how that has inspired, inspired and, and has aspired some of your work and informed some of the things that you've gone into. And also, like I said, you personally, you love this shit. So can you share with us like what you've been reading in terms of comics or have you been watching some animations or even anime? Yeah, I've been doing the movie thing during this, this whole time and thank, thank God for that. And, um, you know, I just finished Invincible. Mm. Mm, what you think about that? Um, I liked it. Um, it's got mixed reviews in in my crew, but I love the, the I love the aspect of it in my comic book because I put I, I put my regular friends onto shit, and they'd be like, "Yo, why they look like that?" <laughs> and I'm like, the fuck, man! Like, watch a couple of episodes, <laughs> you know. And um, I loved it, especially where they went with with the father yeah. at the end and the build. Like, I loved the whole thing. So, um, I I I stand with Invincible. So do we. And yes, the shit that knocked my socks off was Primal. Ooh, okay. What's that? And. Primal is on HBO Max, and it is an animated series of, I think, about 10 episodes. It has no dialogue. It's about a caveman and a dinosaur. This is so... It, it connected. It's connecting to me. I haven't finished it yet. I'm trying to ration the episodes. Mm. It's so good. Like, I, I did the same thing with, with Mandalorian. It was so good. I was like, ah. Oh. Because I didn't watch the first uh, season when it came out. So I, I got to watch them after they were out. And I was like, oh, I don't want to finish this. I want to watch one every month. Yeah. You were trying to savor it. And and then Primal came. It started it started in 2019. It's directed by Gendy Tartakovsky. Oh, yeah. Tartakovsky. Yeah. It's from Powerpuff Girls, Dexter's he, Laboratory, the Samurai fu- Jack. The greatest Clone Wars. The the original Clone Wars, the, the two seasons that are done before the main series when Ahsoka shows up are done by him. And it's wow. that shit is so sick. Oh, I got to watch it. Jesus. Oh, man. you ha- you're, So you haven't seen Primal? You, no. You, 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 either one of y'all? No. I knew what you were oh. talking about, but I haven't seen it. I think I've seen it on there, but I didn't. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna watch an episode tonight. Oh my goodness! Yeah, it's so insane. And after every episode, I feel like I want to go to my book and and write a rhyme. Like I, I feel like an MC just just sunned me, and I'm like, 
I gotta battle this episode with something. Like, like, what are you doing with your life if this is this good? You know what I mean? And like, what are you gonna do? I love when stuff leaves me like that. And the, and the films that left me like that was, um, you know, leading up to the writing of this was like Fury Road mm. and um, even um, Joker and, and Joaquin's performance in that made me go back and listen to some of the songs and ask myself, how believable are you on these bars? Like, do you believe yourself? Can you do this shit again? And a couple of songs, I was like, bro, you gotta, you gotta go back in there and you gotta, you gotta hit that shit again. You know what I mean? Yeah. Somebody is gonna give that much of themselves to the art, then you need to re-examine your life and go back and listen to some of this shit. So I was actually happy that it was it was taking time because I was, you know, I. I'll admit that I leave stuff on the cutting room floor. I edit, I mm-hmm. rewrite, a song will be done, and I'll be like, mm, you could do those last four bars better than that. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. I like that. I like that. Man, yeah. let me tell you, I once uh, stopped talking to some, well, I don't stop talking to them. We just talk on Twitter and shit, but I, I stopped respecting their opinion on film once they told me they didn't F with Fury Road. Uh, I mean, come on, bro. That, Come on, bro. Fam, I really, I was like, I, I just don't, you know, I don't, I can't ever take you seriously again when you're talking about movies. I'm sorry. I, I've, I've watched that over and over and over and over again. And each time I watch it, uh, it it's amazing. It's yeah. almost a, a, a silent film. But again, it's one of those movies that like moved me as an artist to, to say to myself, what are you going to do? What are you mm-hmm. going to offer? You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. just and then his age mm-hmm. and then cinematically, it's just like, <sighs> come on, bro. Like. What are you doing with your life right yeah. now? <laughs> you know? And I love to feel like that because you don't always you don't always get that from the the thing that you do. There's not always an album. Per se, that makes me feel like, oh, I got to start my album over. But there are films and, and, and things outside of even conversations that get to a point where you, again, you center and you're just like, in this space, I can re-examine the work that I'm about to, to put out and assess it in a certain way, if that makes any sense. No, nah, man, it made, it made hella sense. We, we, were, we were even talking about uh, Paul Mooney before, you know, you came on. And we were talking about, like you just say, you know, I know it's tough for you as, a, as one of the greats. You know, I'm not sure what who you listen to on hip hop where you're like, oh, you know, let, let me step my bars up because, you know, that man said that or that woman said that. And, you know, I just want to personally thank you because, like, we were talking with Paul Mooney. I don't think we get to thank people enough and really say, yo, you know, like, because I've, all, you know, we've become friends over the years and shit, but I started as a fan of your shit, you know what I mean? And to this day, I'm a fan of your shit. And when it comes to shit, when I need inspiration, you know, I'll listen to Pharaoh, you know what I mean? So it's like, thank you, man. Because I, yeah. I don't think we get to say that enough to people that I just really want to be the one and be like, yo, man, thank you for everything you've done. Thank you for this new album. Thank you for everything you'll do in the future. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Just, you deserve your flowers, for real. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, bro. I've been doing these interviews and for, for the project, people have been giving me flowers. And I've been like, 
Give me all the flowers. <laughs> <laughs> I want all the flowers. No. But but hip hop is that's what hip hop is, man. I'm telling you at the at the core of it, it's about people getting in the cipher and pop locking and doing electric boogie and somebody being like, All right, wait till I come back. Mm-hmm. All right, wait till I come back. And building upon that that energy and elevating and pushing the genre as far as it can go. Same jazz shit. You know, somewhere along the lines, what happens to things happens to things. But, you know, I'm constantly looking for that. So uh, I'm, I'm, I'm so honored and thankful that, that you said that because that's, uh, that's the goal. Write some shit that it make. And, and it's not just MCs, you know, write some shit that inspires somebody to be like, I want to be fresh. Mm. I want to be fresh like that too. Take it all the way back. And whatever I do, it doesn't have to be MCing it. It's just, that's the goal. Do you, do you, could, do you think there's any current MCs or rappers that are, are, are taking that baton right now, running with it, building on it, as you say? Oh, definitely. I, I think as the industry started to squeeze down, you know, radio doesn't, it's worse than the beginning. Like in the beginning, they didn't play hip hop. Now they don't play hip hop. Hip hop. <laughs> so you know, it forces artists, veterans, and and new who want to follow along that line to go back into their basements and figure out a way to uh, tweak what they're doing to garner whatever it is that that they want. And I think throughout history from that, artists have have come on the other side of that with great offerings when the system puts the pressure mm-hmm. and kind of like squeezes it down to we're only do- playing this or we're only doing that. Mm-hmm. You're not welcome here. I think great artists have been like, no problem. Um, now I'll find my own lane and mm-hmm. get my own fan base. And, and, and you know, just for me, it, it's been some of the people who are already familiar in, in, in the lane, like a homeboy Sandman mm-hmm. and uh, Yorl Droog and Makami and obviously Cole and Kendrick have, even though they've, they've taken it to another stratosphere, I'm always like impressed by their, their offerings. You know what I mean? So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, That's what's you know up. they're on that stratosphere. They continue to reinvent themselves, and like, like the same way you and all you know the greats I grew up with. That's what I find rare. It's the cats who, every time they drop a new album, it's like, oh shit, this shit don't sound like that old album. And half the time, I don't like it the first time I listen to it because I wanted that old album. But then it's like, yo, this shit's brilliant, just like that old album was. It's just different. Since you mentioned it, and this is the last music question I'm gonna ask you. Did you listen? What you think about that new Cole? Um, I liked it. Uh. He, he, I spoke to him last week uh, because they did the My Life Hook Over mm, yep. on the album. And um, big up to Cole and um, called me and was like, yo, and all of the business was taken care of prior. Mm. But he was like, how you like the song? And he's just always been, you know, someone that pushed that MC in the classical sense of like, I want to be the top dog energy that, that reminds you of LLs and 
people you would imitate in the mirror and shit. He has that energy with his stuff as well as um, he, he's amazing at being relatable to that genre and, and that demographic and the subject matter. He has a way of relating in a way where you just at his shows with a candle in the air in, in the <laughs> audience and shit. And I think he's amazing at that. Another thing that uh, that's quite noticeable about him is how hard he works. He's like, I think that comes from sports, but he puts in overtime in terms of um, the work ethic, mm-hmm. um, which is a, is, a, is another thing that is noticeable on projects. You can tell, even if um, something is not your absolute favorite, you can still be like, well, you worked hard on it. You know what I mean? Um, myself included, like you may not, may not love one project, the, you know, in a linear space, the same as all of them, but you try to put forth the effort that people can hear that you put into it. So at least you could be like, well, at least he thought that (laughs) just, it was going to be great. (laughs) So, um, and that's not a, um, everybody doesn't have that work ethic to, to work like that. So, when I listen to his albums, I hear the skill set, the relatability, the musicality, and the and the work ethic. Yeah. Awesome. No, Thank definitely. you. Thank you. I, obviously, I was just very curious what you what you thought, and I appreciate that feedback. Especially right. in my life joint, I really wanted to know what you thought. <laughs> yeah. That's like, that's like my. I mean, I love your joint, and that's like my favorite joint. You know, for him to have 21 on there and both of them go off like that. 20 and 21 is my fave, so. Yeah. Dope, dope. Yeah, I love it. So, let please let everybody know, like we t- said, this project, Kill, 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 this this multi-medium type of project, please let everyone know where they can find it and, and where they can pick up the comic book if they're lucky enough or if it's too late. Like, let them know. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it, it, it debuts uh, Thursday, May 20th. Uh, Rolling Stone is rolling it out. Um, it will be on the 13.com website, channel13.com. Um, the the comic book will be there. The NFT will be there Saturday um, at 8 o'clock. We'll be putting the NFTs up. But um, tomorrow, you'll be able to go to our website, channel13.com, to be able to look at the comic book, watch the whole video, listen to the song, and everything else as well as we're, we're proud to say that uh rolling stone magazine is doing a premiere as well mm-hmm. Salute. all right well you have survived the for all nerds interview but before we get you out of here we have to do our brat segment our rapid fire questions i don't know if he remembers this <laughs> the yeah, questions have been... changed considerably oh yeah so <laughs> yeah so then he, and i'm sure your opinions have changed as well so mm. we will see how it goes Yep, there we go. First up, the Falcon or War Machine? Uh, Falcon. The Wire or Breaking Bad? Jesus Christ. Breaking Bad. (laughs) Luke Cage or Black Panther? Black Panther. Fresh Prince or Martin? Martin. Wakanda or Zamunda? 
<laughs> oh shit! I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with Zamunda because okay. the first movie is so classic. Okay, that's facts. Star Wars or Star Trek? Abe Lincoln or no Abe Lincoln? <laughs> I'm gonna rock with uh, I'm gonna rock with Star Trek. Okay, okay. loyal, loyal to T, got it. Are you a fan of uh, the Clone Wars, Rebels? You watched all that? Bad Batch? I haven't watched it. I haven't watched Bad Batch yet. And I, I haven't watched any of it. And I'm saving it. And, uh, yeah. I did it last year, bro. It's, as you see by my shirt, it's some of the best shit. Like, <laughs> you mean they're crying? Thug <laughs> yeah. tears I'm crying. finishing Rebels right now. And that shit had me balling last night, fam. I was losing it. I was so mad. I can't <laughs> wait for you to... Uh, Watch this primal. Oh, you let man. me know what you think. Yeah, I'm, I'm on it, and I will let you know. All right, uh, a couple more. What's your favorite superhero movie of all time? Oh, damn, that's rough. Off rip, off rip. I'm gonna go, and I know this is. I'm gonna regret this later, but I really took a liking to the old man Logan joint. Oh. So I want to say something that that's not popular opinion. The old man Logan joint with X twenty three is it was real crazy to me. So I'm gonna go with that. Hell yeah, that's a great yeah. answer. Yeah, I, <laughs> I love. Hey, there are no I, doubts about that. <laughs> man, I used to be so scared of that little girl after I saw that movie. Still oh, am. I'm, still am. I'm not testing that little girl ever in life. Killed it. Mm-hmm. All right, Farrah, I'm sorry to do this to you, but we have to. In order to save the planet, the world, the universe, yourself, one of these things, the entirety thereof has got to go. Which do you choose? Comic books or hip hop? Oh, that's easy. Comic books got to go. <laughs> I figured that. <laughs> I'm eating. I'm I'm having wine right now because of hip hop. Okay. Um, who is your first geek crush? Geek crush. Yeah. Like whether TV, you know, character, comic book, movie. Yeah. I'm 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 trying to go back 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 The squinting I love it. He's trying to get to the recesses. Or even recent if it's if it's if you can't remember even a recent crush. Geek crush. I Some gotta go. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I'm, I, I gotta go. The storm keeps coming up, mm-hmm. so I gotta go with storm. I'm trying. I was trying to think of uh, something different, but I gotta go with storm. Yeah. Smart, Smart move. Choice. Yeah. All right. Finally, if you can have any one superpower, what would it be? Contrary to my demeanor, I, I would love uh, claws to come out of my fucking fist so I could <laughs> slice the shit out of people in traffic when I have road rage 
I would just like to get out the car and just slice the fuck out of the money. Like, and that's the honest like God truth. <laughs> He's gonna light everyone the fuck up. I get it. <laughs> yeah, as a kid, that's all I wanted. Dog was Wolverine claws. <laughs> I was just like that, like, you know, because I was getting bullied, and I just be like, yo, word. y'all are angry (laughs) all right Farrell you survived the brat segment you survived this thank you again no for real we love you we appreciate you we appreciate you spending time with us and and sharing your craft and as Ben Ami said we want to make sure we give you your flowers and give you your props because you have done it all and continue to build and expand upon that and before you go, just let everyone know where they can find you once again, if they want to follow you online. I know, sometimes you be in and out. You be dodging on, on social media. But, but go ahead. Let them know where they can find you. I'm, I'm Farrell Monts on all platforms, on IG, on Facebook, on Twitter. And um, I'm thinking about getting a, a different account where I, so I can post my, my, my figures, my Marvel figures and my okay. DC figures. And... Um, yeah, but Farrell Monts everywhere on all platforms. And thank you guys. I appreciate it. I appreciate this this platform and you guys having me on. So dope. Right, Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Absolutely. All right. all right, fam fam. We'll be back with more for all nerds. I'm Professor Brandon Obunu. This is Danny Lore. And this is Vida Ayala. My name's Genevieve King. This is Peter Ramsey. This is Kiro Karangawa. This is Lexi Alexander. This is Otto Asado. And you are listening to... I am listening to... I am listening to... I like to listen to... I'm listening to... I'm listening to... We are listening to... For All Nerds. What's up, y'all? And welcome back. And once again, thank you to Pharaoh Monch for coming through, blessing the spaceship, friend of the show. I think it's the second time we've had him here. And then the third time, you know, if you count the Star Wars for Star Trek, make sure y'all check out 13 on all streaming platforms right now. Go stream using 13, stream using Pharaoh Monch. Make sure you give this man the respect and the flowers and the love that he deserves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hit him up on socials, you know. Try and battle him with your figures. Cause I'm, I'm about to go back and forth. <laughs> I, I thought you were going to say try to battle him. I'm just like, damn. Oh, no, you don't, do lose. <laughs> don't do that. Bro. No. Don't. Don't. Don't do it to yourself. Don't do it to yourself, fam. Oh, you try. Man. No, actually try because I would like some entertainment. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Sending your videos, you know, rapping away to him like a fool. You can try. Know. Go for it. But yeah, I, no one gonna stop you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's just like when you send in your questions with the terrible AKA. You know, <laughs> no one gonna stop you. You know, we just don't respond. And that being said, since we finished up this incredible interview once again, thank you, Farrell Munch. It is now time for one of my favorite, and it's jam packed today. The geekly asked questions. The guac is extra. extra. Mm-hmm. Where we answer any and all of your geek related or not geek related. It don't really matter. If you got a question for the For All Nerds fam, hit us up. Contact the forallnerds.com or you can hit us on the Twitters, on the Instagrams, 
at for all nerds. Hit us with your questions. Questions you know, anytime. Send them in. Preguntas. And, oh, okay. There we go. Duolingo working out, and <laughs> you know we can answer them live on the air. And if you're one of the few, the proud, and actually growing, so we can't even say few. A no, Patreon. Really well. Yeah. You know, those patrons on patreon.com slash for all nerds who are helping to support financially the mission of for all nerds, helping us get these beautiful and so crisp sounding sure microphones. But right now I'm sitting in my room with the AC on and you ain't even know it. Because you ain't even know it. It's so hot in here. And so, you know, thanks to y'all, I got a sure microphone where I can do this with the AC. Thank you. I'm sweating half to I'd death. I'm sweating. I'm sweating half to death and you can't tell, so. There you go. There you go. Me this too. is because uh, of the Patreon. Thank yes, you. Thank you so much. The lights is on. You see these colored lights right here on twitch.tv slash for all nerds? That's just Patreon. Bought me some colors. I mean, no, they were like $5. Let's be for real. But, you know. <laughs> well, Patreon probably helped. Yeah, yeah they helped. helped out. They helped out. So thank you. And if you're one of those few to proud, you can send in your question. It don't matter what it's about. You can hit us. So that being said, let's get to these questions. Yes. All right. The first comes from Guac Regular. Picture me, Roland. They write, am I the only one who has moved on from Saga? That's the comic we're talking you're about. You're smoking crack. It's been... <laughs> <laughs> Saga. Okay, it's been on hiatus for so long that I low-key lost interest to the point that I'm no not sure if I'm even gonna care when and if it comes back. Then I mean says that you're on something. Nigga, I was just thinking about um getting a dog and naming it Hazel or Marco. No, you know, yes, <laughs> like or Alana even. No, what moved on from Saga? From Saga? <laughs> Drake? <laughs> Yeah, no, 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 yeah, no. I mean, I get it. You know, it was it was actually supposed to. I remember I heard it was supposed to come back in April. I don't know what happened to that. But nah, fam. Once the issue went, I'm, I actually needed a break after that. You know, and I could I could still wait like another six months because I'm still traumatized. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? So like, I I need time from that last one. So I'm good. You know, whenever it comes back, I'll be right. I'll be there. You know? Yeah, I'm gonna be here. Yeah. <laughs> okay <laughs> the next one comes from lowercase a aka memphisto like memphis I, I get memphisto it. Yeah. i get it memphisto bleak that would have been better that would have been better memphisto bleak would have been better yeah that's pretty fire actually yeah <laughs> you're welcome tatiana thank you yeah. uh aka j cole young cole young who's cole young i don't, I don't know who they... j cole is but who's Cole? Cole Young? I gotta Google that real quick. AKA Earth, Wind, and Fire Bending. That's not bad. Not bad. AKA Big Blip Energy. Not bad. All right. What's up, fan fam, with all the good content that is content to you that's that's coming out? That you that's you had like you you put a B on every word and every sentence. No, it's not. I don't, I don't. But, <laughs> but it's just um, this show is called Bonset. That one. Uh, yeah. Uh, thank you for all the good content that's that you guys have put out. Um, they feel that we've hit the peak when it comes to comic book movies, or has it been reached? They think, or lowercase a thinks, Endgame was the peak, but Marvel does always surprise us. Thanks. Peace emoji, heart emoji, 100 emoji. 
Who is Cole Young? You got to look that up. I will look it up. Not Cole from um, Gears of War. Is that Cole from uh, No, Mortal Kombat? It says Cole Young's the protagonist of 2021 Mortal Kombat. Oh, he is. Damn. See how... Damn. Damn. Sorry, Louis Tan. Sorry. Yeah. Ooh. That that shows you. Fuck that one up. But uh, That shows you you (laughs) want to impact that... Oh, sorry. Ooh, sorry. But this I gonna still be, like the movie. This is going to be a sequel. Don't worry about it. Yeah, Anyways, I like the movie a lot, you know, but. I know the chat of... is just going off on us right now, but. Not really. I doubt it. Yo, um, <laughs> <laughs> well, unless, if y'all not go off on bed on me right now, y'all. Um, unless the creators of Mortal Kombat are in there and maybe. <laughs> My bad. Uh, ben, do you think. Marvel has reached their peak, or just in general, not just Marvel, nah. everybody, when it's come to comic movies. <laughs> not really, no. Um, I, I would say no, because we just saw what the fuck happened on Invincible. Yeah, And I've and that, never if, seen that shit before in my life. And if that had been on the big screen, oh my God. Yeah, you know, and, and, if, and that's right. And, and, and I know you said movies, lowercase a, but that's not, even on the, that's not even a film. And look at that. Look at that. I mean, look at WandaVision and look at, you know, especially WandaVision, because while Falcon and the Winter Soldier is fantastic, it's something we'd seen before. Well, not really. No, it's just the themes. The themes have been used in television before like that. And yeah, you can claim that with WandaVision, that idea of going through errors that was been used. But the way it was presented was just different. At yeah. least from a Marvel perspective, you haven't seen it that blatant. But even from a Marvel perspective, we've never seen something like Falcon and the Winter Soldier where it was that yeah. black, where characters were talking this black. So, nah, you know, I'm so excited for Shang-Chi. I, I do feel you to the point where I said that I'm happy having seen Endgame and, you know, like, I don't really need to see any more Marvel movies, but yet that crack, and once I get onto that next crack, you know, I know that, mm-hmm. you know, once they hit the block with that Black Widow crack, I'm going to be ready for, you know, my next hit a crack after that. <laughs> Eternals crack, Shane Chi crack. Is, this is hard drugs central. Like, what, what Look, let's keep it real. They are, you know, Disney is dealing hard drugs at this point, you know? Wow. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, I'm your pusher. Um, the next one, I, th- I think we, this is, I think there's a typo here. Is, is it from I'm just at work? I think or so. Just yes. at work. But, but their AKAs go carnage the cowardly dog. <laughs> That's great. Instead of, cow- instead of uh, what's his name? The courage. Real- courage. The instead of courage. Dog. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. Absolutely loved your interview with Malcolm Spellman. Thank you. The questions you asked and the pacing of it all. I mm. listened to it three times. Oh, Ooh, thank you. Okay. Thank you. We, we we might be, you know, experts in this space. <laughs> That's fire. Uh, as a beginning podcaster slash content creator, I'm always looking to learn more and get better. My question is for each of you, what is the most important thing to making an interview great? What is something challenging about interviewing that you, you have that you have to or had to work through? Do you have any good stories from the learning process that you be willing to share? <laughs> oh boy, Sam man. <laughs> <laughs> So, and that wasn't even our fault, Ben, I mean, okay? That wasn't even our fault. It's just, I, I, I wanted to tell Pharaoh what he mentioned. <laughs> that wasn't even our fault. Earl, real quick, just real quick, early on in our illustrious Foreign Nerds career, when we were back when we were called Fan Bros, this might have been, what, the second or third year in our even existence, yeah. we interviewed the gentleman, the homeboy Sandman, and, or we tried, we got maybe we two tried. minutes into the intro, and and again, this is, we didn't say any. We we actually didn't even get to see, say two words. He was just like, "No, nah, I'm not feeling it." And walked out the room, left the studio, gone, poof of smoke. And me and Ben look at each other like, and again, I'm I was still, uh, well, shit, both of us. We just knew to this, and we were just like, and this is like early on after 
um, Reggie, uh, uh, Combat Jack handed us the reins or handed Ben the reins. So it was just like, we fucked this up. We like, how do we fuck this up? We didn't do <laughs> So. <laughs> and we were really hyped because there was a lot of talk around Homeboy that week. And so, you know, we were wanted to interview him and it just did not go that way. He did return to the spaceship. There was a great interview. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, a I, fantastic I, I, classic I didn't know what drop. was going on because, you know, I, I didn't know who he was and this other stuff. So I was just like, yo, I fucked up. I must have just looked at him cross-eyed or something and he just wasn't feeling me. But... You know, I, it was it's a learning experience in the sense of, and, and this is part of an answer to your question, but part of the learning experience is like just some of it is just you, you're not going to learn without experience, right? And it's just mm-hmm. about filling it out and understanding people's energies. Mm-hmm. And if you see that somebody is low energy or, and, and, or, or it's just something up, like maybe like if you don't have to go right into the interview, maybe have a conversation with them real quick. Like just mm-hmm. talk to them because sometimes people need to be warmed up Sometimes people, just their personalities, if you try to go right into asking them the standard questions, they just like this. Or, for example, if you have people who come on who are talking about their projects, they've done that, especially established people, they've done talk to 50 other people already, Mm. typically, by the time they got to you. And so in that, like, they may, you know, do your best to to ask unique questions but they may you may ask them something that they've answered 50 billion times and they just and it's just like okay now they either they're gonna sigh and answer it or they might figure out a a creative way to to answer you but the point is is there's just going to be some fatigue there in general whether it's just for that person's just energy at the moment or maybe it's it's what how what's being spoken about you have to just be mindful of that and be willing and able to bounce back from that and don't internalize it as we did in that old episode. Don't internalize it like it's your fault. A lot of, most, 99% of the time, it has nothing to do with you. And, and that just comes in life in general. 99% of the time, the reason why people come at you the way they do or treat you the way they do, because they have, it has nothing to do with you. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, just the way we've built and been conditioned, we're like, oh, what did I do wrong? As long as you didn't come at nobody sideways and you wasn't disrespectful and you wasn't saying some wild shit, like, Typically, it's something else going on. So that's why I say have that conversation if you can in the beginning just to be like, like establish yourself, your person, yo, and me. Yo, my name's Tatiana. You know, this is what I'm doing. Did you eat today? Did you get some, you know, like, like, are you cool? Like, did you get some sleep? Like, shit like that. Like, they're, at the end of the day, these people you're interviewing are human beings just like you. So if you come to that level, you level with somebody, typically you can get a better, a better energy out of them. Mm. I think you said a lot of the great tips right there. Uh, I'd add on to that something that, well, one trick that, not even a trick, but something that we do in our interviews, especially with someone that we haven't interviewed before, is we attempt to first hit them with more of the questions, not, uh, you know, basic questions, but questions that are easier to answer and not as more of a heartfelt of our questions that were, you know, might be emotional questions that might be controversial you know you want to get people warmed up to you and your style of interviewing and that's uh part of the part of pacing that you were talking about just at work and that's really dope that you felt that way because in that interview to let you in on we were only granted a certain amount of time and we knew we had to fit it in in this time and we thought we would have a little bit longer with malcolm so we had to really condense even our own questions before we started mm-hmm. and really hone like in on... Like 10 minutes before we started. <laughs> like 10 minutes before we started and hone in, okay, what what's the best questions? What is going to get that best? And it's also part about doing your research. Like, we listened to other people's interviews with Malcolm before. He'd done a great one with uh, Kevin Smith 
and Mark Bernadine on their podcast. Yeah. And I listened to that the night before. And I was like, okay, they asked him this, this, and this. If I was going to ask him something even around this, this, and this, how do I refine my question so it's not that same question that they asked about this, this, and this? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Analyze what you're asking. Anal- yep. like, as ben, I mean, analyze what you're asking. Look at what's already, as I mentioned, they've probably done 50 other interviews already. What have they already said to other people? What, what, Where can you find your unique voice in that space? And then I would finally say just one of the most important things to make an interview great Listen. Yes. Listen, like be ask the question if you if you and and sometimes if you want to chime in the middle, sure, but but temper that. Like don't talk over your guests. Let them mm-hmm. speak because they they you will get to so many gems if you just let them have to say what they need to say and then if they say something that's particularly intriguing, ask some additional questions towards that. Like, "Oh, so you said you think the sky is purple?" Why is that? Like, you know, because, I mean, just think about it. Like, if, if, if someone says something wild to you or, or different, like, you would want to know if you're inquisitive enough, you would want to know why. So I would just say, think about that when you when you interview people. And again, just approach everyone you talk to as another human being and you'll be better for it. There you go. And I think that listening part, is part of what makes us great and part of what we've had to learn to do. And uh, you saying that you listen to this three times is dope to me. And then also someone hit us this week. And people hit us a lot and say this, but it just always bugs me when they do in a great way. When people are like, you're so funny. They're like, you and Tatiana are so funny. Because I'm a huge student. Like we were talking about Paul Mooney. I'm just a huge student of comedy in general. I love stand-up comedy. That's one of my unfulfilled things just to do a set one day somewhere at a club you know you don't you know some amateur hour don't even matter i just want to do that <laughs> shit but i just love stand-up comedy and so when people find us funny i just yeah. think it's i'm like wow you That's know i did it to me too yeah like i did it you know because i work <laughs> I at it. it and <laughs> it's it. and i'm a big fan of comedians who are quick-witted like chris rock you know mooney all these people who can think on their feet and so that's something that i learned to do doing this show is like Tatiana will be saying something. I know sometimes she'll even see me doing it. Mm-hmm. I'll be, you know, she'll say something. I'll be like, oh, I got something for that. You so know, you and I'll just be saying it. Me. Here we and go. So, and I'll be no, or not even it. dunk on you, but just use it to make a joke, you know, yeah. whatever. And so it's like, but the trick is, it's like this, it's a way of, it's something I learned while writing too. And it's something you learn to do with time. It's like you're thinking and listening. You know, it's like you're using two parts of your brain at once because you have to listen to what they're saying. And you can't stop listening to think of your joke, but you have to learn to be able to listen to them and finish what they're saying and then also formulate what you're going to say as a response. Yeah. And I feel like that just comes with time and that's just a trick. And yeah. it's something you should, it's something I've practiced at. It's something that, you know, I feel like people should practice at and watch people who are great at That's like, I watched Chris Rock when he said the Chris Rock show and he'd be interviewing people on the street and it would just be. You know, they'd say something. One time he asked, I'll never forget, they asked, he has to do what uh, what they name a street, Princess Diana Street in Harlem. It was when Princess Diana passed away, rest in peace. Mm-hmm. And some dude was like, nah. He's like, so what would you name it? And he's like, you know, I don't know, Easy Street, Biggie Street. And Chris, immediately, yeah, you know, what are you going to do? Call the cops and your car gets robbed on Easy Street. Uh, <laughs> sorry, officer, Um, you know, my car got, you know, and it was so quick. It's just like that type of energy I just love. Yeah. And I just study that and work at that. So yeah. I think that's something you should do as well. Yeah. We say all that to say practice. And keep going. 
You know what I mean? That's all it takes. It's like it don't like we learned from the you know late great combat jazz show. It does not stop. Uh, we were talking about Malcolm Spellman last week, and then we had to get ready for Feral March because it just does not stop. You know, and it's like you keep doing it, and that's how you become better than anything you do. Like I was an offbeat kid, you know, and I started learning to DJ, and it was something I did over and over again. You know, I wanted to be funny and quick witted, so I practiced it. You know, when I mean that goes back to. Anybody could tell you that. I've always had a smart-ass mouth. You know, I, like I said, I used to get bullied a lot. <laughs> I got my ass beat for the way I talked. Oh, one, more, one more thing before I move on to the next question. Um, yep. if, if it's something, a subject or topic or whatever that you don't know what the fuck you're talking about, don't mm. fucking speak on it. That's all I got Facts. to say. Like, that's big. Don't lie. Because in, in early days, I try to be down shit. I just have to understand, look, I'm of a, I'm of a certain era that I don't know what the fuck Ben I mean be talking about sometimes or who the people he be talking about. And I need to be like, I don't know. And that's okay. You don't look stupid. You mm-hmm. don't look like, like, like you're not informed. It's just something you don't know. It's okay. Roll with it. Slide with it. You good. Yeah, definitely. And I, sometimes she'll be talking about shit. I'm like, what? You know, right. Like, I be talking about, about shit. And then, I mean, like, I'm an adult. I don't do that. I don't know what you're talking about. So. Oh, not, yeah. Sometimes <laughs> it's just like shit I just don't, never cared about. I'll be like, yeah, yeah. I don't give a damn. Yeah. yeah. But okay. So, if, so, if it's, you so like it's it. okay, is what we're saying. It's okay. Yeah. All right. Next question. This one comes from Solomon. They write, they wrote, love the pod and everything y'all do. They wrote, most compelling villain from Falcon and the Winter Soldier. That's the question. Um, hey, y'all, I loved, I'd have to say Zemo. Carly ultimately did not feel like a villain, but more like an antagonist. Her motives weren't in spite of Sam or the Avengers, but just conflicted with them. As far as, far as John Walker, I would have chosen him if I hadn't seen the season finale. Instead of being a villain, the ending made me feel that he's just a tool for the actual villain. He's absolutely... And, and, and let me be clear. I'm going to turn it into noun. He's a tool. Um, the government and Hydra, I'm assuming. Uh, yeah. Zemo kept to all his core beliefs that initially made him a villain. And even after being taken into custody, he still pursued and succeeded in his plans to end what is known as the super soldier. by mur- uh, The super soldier program uh, by murdering him without question. And will most likely continue to. So... Solomon said all that to say, who is who you think is the most compelling villain from Falcon and Winter Soldier? Were there any real villains? I mean, mm. that's the other question. Is were there any real villains? And, and is the is the villain Sharon? <laughs> the, now the villain is the GRC and the government and the, the system, system in general. Yes, yes. Yeah. The but villain is definitely the system. You, but right now, like, are we going to just personify the system, or can we point to an actual person? No, I can't. And I, mm. uh, this this question actually came from the views from the Six One Six podcast Twitter, and I actually question because i feel like the views from the 616 podcast twitter has a hate on for john walker instead of I, you know because I, I question that i mean beefs with his own podcast bro <laughs> like and once again we are not controlling these accounts largely not controlling these accounts. we're not arguing with this with ourselves like yeah and i'm also not arguing with the account but i do have a gris- disagreement <laughs> with the account putting john walker on this list on the even poll? putting even putting any of them, because to me, I mean, but I get it. But the, it's tough to personify the system. But the system is the villain. We pointed yeah. this out over and over again on Views from the 616. I pointed out how John Walker, even with his privilege, is still a victim of the very same system. Just like Carly with her pretty ass privilege and her pretty crew. And Zemo with his non-dancing ass privilege. You know, that somebody, because my man's offbeat, people love him for some reason. 
but all the people the are monsters in in their own way, right? What is it? I did it right. The fist pump and then the the spinning your finger in the air, yeah, shit like that. The spinning like the finger is my favorite. And, and then and then it was the little when he just like he has that little like. Yeah, like, that was great. The little head nod. Yeah, the little, Lord Jesus. Yeah, um, but that's like a good answer. That house, yeah. That's a good answer, Ben. I mean, yep. All right. Great question. The last question. Oh, this is a doozy. What up, y'all? It's Dub Deuce, and I'm finally ready to get dragged by Ben I mean for these AKAs. Oh, and will, Dub Deuce. And I will probably never submit a question again. And they have some laughing emojis. Dub Deuce is one of our bid supporters on mm-hmm. Twitch, on Patreon, mm-hmm. all the time. Been here forever. Thank you. Thank you now, very much. And y'all, I am reading verbatim. This is their words, not mine. Facts. They said, first one, since I'm half Mexican and half cracker, a.k.a. Mayonnaise Morales. Elizabeth, it's the big one. <laughs> I didn't call him this. This is this is or them. Excuse me. I don't know. I don't know that your is, pronouns. That is like so wildly disrespectful that it's so good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Mayonnaise Morales. Oh that's, my that's god. That's funny as hell. Like that. <laughs> Fucking terrible, but so good. It's All funny. Right. All right. Jesus. The second one, a.k.a. Omega Supreme Clientele. That's great. Supreme Clientele, the Ghostface album, and Omega Supreme from Transformers. Oh, no. okay. I didn't get that whatsoever. Yep. See what no, I said earlier? Yeah. If I don't know what the hell's going on, I don't say nothing. Yep. No right. dragon. <laughs> no, great. I can't okay. believe I've never said that one. Just, yeah, that's a great one. Uh, right, right. And the last one, a.k.a. Westside Trigun. Instead of Westside what? Instead of West Side Gun, gun. and West Side Trigon, like uh, from Trigon, from yeah, you reach man. But I'm thinking Trigon, the Trigon, the anime. No. Oh, it could be that too, I guess. So does it work better as Trigon? Is Trigon that cool? Where you can say that, you have to answer that for me. I mean, Trigun is a cool, has always been a cool anime. It's old as hell now, just like Cowboy Bebop. But it's always been a cool anime. Vash the Stampede and all that. Okay, so West Side Trigun works for you? I don't know. I would have. I would have stopped. Yeah. <laughs> There's your dragging, Dub Deuce. You call for it. And you you got call it. for it. You got it, bro. There you go. Oh, All right. Man. Yeah. yeah. It All wasn't right. even that bad, but you know. Yeah. No, you yeah. Th- you did fairly well. We'll give you a, a B plus. Two out of three. That's a good percentage. Yeah. The question goes, now that that's over, I love everything y'all have done on the Twitch channel since the start of the pandemic, and your show and the fan community has got me back into actually subscribing into some comic titles again. Yay! However, I am definitely much more of a nerd when it comes to music. Mm-hmm. Music. To combine some of both my question, my question is, who, oh, to combine both, my question is, who has your who has your favorite first appearance in rap? Obviously, a first appearance became much harder to pinpoint as we got into the mixtape blog era and beyond. Mm-hmm. So my criteria is that I'm only using first appearances on something that was commercially released. For me, these four are interchangeable depending on how I'm feeling for the day. The four that they provide are Nas, Live at the Barbecue, AZ, Life's a Bitch, Snoop, Deep Cover, and CeeLo, get up, get out. Yeah, those are all, like, formative. You know what I mean? Like, that's like, yeah, I can't argue with any of those. I was sitting at a friend of mine's house. Uh, my boy, my brother, pretty much, my brother, Zev Blute, who I grew up with. Um, I was sitting at Marcus's crib. 
Yeah, we were at Marcus's crib, and Deep Cover came on, and I'm watching that shit, and Snoop starts rhyming. He has this line in the first verse, I hope you get him before you got him. And I was just like, oh, what the fuck? And then the chorus comes in, and he's like, you know, one eight seven, and I ran into the other room and grabbed Zev and the rest of them. It was like, yo, come the fuck here, you know, like, and listen to what this dude is doing, you know. And I knew Snoop was gonna be out of here from that moment on. So that's probably my favorite. But like you said, it's tougher nowadays. Like, right. Well, that's why he. That's why Dub Do said they said yeah. commercially. Like, I didn't like Drake the first time I heard him. I heard him on a remix to, um... Oh, I love Drake. No, but see, you got to remember, I'm a blogger. I'm hearing, like, did you hear the remix to uh, Poppin' Champagne? What was that song? It was one of Ron Browse's songs. And Drake had just hopped on a remix of it with his, you know, threw a verse on it. And it was whack. You know what I mean? That shit was not popping. This is before So Far Gone. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. It's before So Far Gone. And but I even like those mixtapes that he had before. So far gone, but that that first time I heard that remix, I was like, "That shit, right. whack." Who that fucking Drake? Right. Well, you know what? And and I I had to Google real quick because this was actually his second studio album. I had I this is my first entry to him. Kendrick's Good Kid, Mad City. Oh my God! Yes, you're mad late. Right. And, I, right. and that's what I'm saying. People who are like, "Yo, he been out yeah, for, 50 for like years. bloggers, just like yes, you know, I'm there's section like section eighty is like you know that's the you know, well, and then talking, even before section eighty, you know, all that. Well, shit. when you're talking about, and again, I don't sit here and propose purport to be some hip hop <laughs> yeah. head and, and and all this. Like, no, I, I I'm I, I'm a I'm a regular, if you will. But yeah. for me, and 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 just using the context of this question, like when we're talking about really commercially successful. I was that not the first time? Like, isn't that where all the people really jumped on no. the Kendrick train? No, commercially. What, ah, but see, that's section, what I'm saying. What did he do commercially? But see, but see okay, you got. I'm not remember. talking about critically. I'm I know, but about no, hold up, hold up, fam. You got to remember, we are in a different age. Sales don't matter compared to what you're doing. You know what I mean? I, and Kendrick was. Let me finish. Like a Toby Nigway, commercially, what? He's a millionaire though. Kendrick was like, especially more like music heads. Section 80 was like, and Section 80 is really the second one because there's something before that with uh, Bitch, I Do This. Like, well, second, this, they say studio album. Yeah, but like, uh, who cares? Like, you know, that's like saying So Far Gone. Was that a studio album or was it a mixtape? It it's a fucking classic is what it is. You know what I mean? Just like <laughs> but, Section but, but 80 but is I a fucking classic. distinction again. Like, I hear you, Ben. You're saying yeah. that, yes, we know the person's been doing something. They've been like a Toby Nguigwe type where, yeah. yes. But that's not what I'm saying. I would put Kendrick on that. By, by Section 80, he was already on where, where like, Toby is right now. Commercially. Like, yeah. Commercially, he, meaning... He was like, selling like, out like shows and, and, and touring, shit. all that shit. Yes. Section if 80 has so. Section 80 had fucking high-powered... I mean, Bitch, I Do This was before that. And Bitch, I Do This is a would, banger. Would, so answer me like, this. So answer me this. Was yeah. Section 80 then mainstream? For that time, was So Far Gone mainstream? Did did Drake sell out Love Nightclub off of So Far Gone? Uh, well, and again, yes, maybe he did. We're, but maybe because we're also... <laughs> and also maybe because we're different um, generations. Like, when Drake came out, like, that was a huge fucking deal with with, uh, with, with So Far Gone. Like, that was a big deal for my set of so, people. So with Section 80, I think you weren't hip to Kendrick. But, like, remember, I was blogging at the time. And Section 80 hit just like So Far Gone. Mm. Like, Section 80 was that monster, dog. High power okay. produced by J. Cole? High power. Like, go listen to that right now. You'll understand. That's when I was like, oh, my God, this nigga Kendrick is, you know, like, I, I visions of Martin Luther staring at me. Like, 
I'm laughing because I'm kidding that I mean so riled up. I love this. Because our power is I like, love music questions, man. I love yeah, it. Man. I mean, like, that shit is... Like, I was so mad Cole gave that beat away. I was like, nigga, you know? Like, how you give that to somebody else? But that shit is, ooh, <laughs> nothing but high power. He'll still do that in shows, you know? And like, bitch, I do this. Shout out to Felton Amos. Uh, not even Felton. I think that was Modi, I want to say. It might have been Modi or Felton. I can't remember who. But I was doing West Coast mixtape, and this was before Section 80. And he was like, if you don't have I Do This on there, you're not doing a current West tape, you know? That's what I mean. Kendrick been bubbling. I feel you, what you're saying, but right. Section 80 was a monster. What do you call it? It's like, and for real head, Section 80 is better than Good Kid, Mad City. Sure. I'm not, like I said, yeah. I'm not a hip hop head. I ain't going to yeah. act like I am, but, and, but, uh, but, yeah. but that's how I felt. And, um, yeah, I don't know could, if that answered your question at all, Dublin. Well, but. look, I just, again, I, I also wanted to say all that because I like Rylan Ben Amin up. But see, that's the thing, I, and I missed that because it used to be like that. Like, I remember when I first heard Tupac when same song, and I'd never, you know, I was a huge fan of Digital Underground. Rest in peace to Shot G. Always thank you for everything. And I was a huge fan, right? And then same song comes out, and I'd never heard it before because I didn't, you know, like, I'm in Houston. Our radio is whack. They weren't playing that shit. So I see the video the first time. And Tupac starts rapping, and I'm like, oh, what the fuck is, you know, it was, it was just like Snoop. It was one of the moments. It was like, I mean, I've told, um, I don't know if I told the story on here, but the first time I heard Kanye West was on a mixtape, and he has this song, My Way, where he sampled the Frank Sinatra My Way shit, and he has this line about uh, the lyric, he, he, like, he drives miracle whips, you know mm-hmm. what I mean, white-colored cars. And then he had this other line about how the dude is hurt. Uh, uh, he just another girl. He got titties under his shirt. And I called. Wow. Young, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was something like that where I was like, oh, you know what I mean? And I called Guru up like this nigga, Young Guru. I called Young Guru up and I was like, this nigga Kanye is going to be as big or bigger than Jay-Z. And Young Guru was like, Nigga, fuck is you talking about, you know? Like, and I, I mean, there's more to the story I'm going to talk right. about right here. Well, but... as we close out Ben Amin's Hip Hop yeah. Hour, um, <laughs> Section 80 sold 130,000 copies domestically. Ooh, In 2017, for... it was certified gold by the yeah. RIAA, whereas Good Kid Mad City sold 242,000 copies in its first week. Yeah, the but album... that's what I'm saying. It's the, that's the progression. Sure. Yeah. And sure. it's a major label release. And but that's once what it, I mean when I say commercial again, you have to understand I'm not talking yeah, about but what liability I'm telling you is, and what people okay, what love. I'm, go look up what's so far gone sold right then. Okay. Not much. Because <laughs> that's how it I'm was. Sure it didn't, but... it didn't. But he still sold out Love Nightclub off of that bitch. Maybe. And but Kendrick, I was watching do big ass shows off of Section 80. At the end of the day, I love Kendrick. Yeah, All right. Well, I got not that much, obviously. <laughs> anyways thank you for your questions whether you have questions for Ben I Mean's Hip Hop Hour or maybe it's about comics TV gaming movies whatever hit us up contact at foilnerds.com for the internet for the emails if you want some privacy or you need some space otherwise hit us up on the interwebs on the socials at mm-hmm. for all nerds and you know we always put up our walk post. So you can put your questions under there. And, of course, if you are a elite member of the Patreon fan fam, that's patreon.com slash for all nerds. You get guaranteed guac questions no matter what. We can't say no. We have to answer. Just keep it clean. That's all we ask you. You can cuss, but, you know, keep it clean. Don't be asking me wild shit. That's all. 
Um, I see you have something in here before we get out of here about a certain casting decision you want to see happen. Yes. <laughs> I need you to explain this. And I want to hear more about this. And where, where, where did this theory originate? This theory originated in my head about three hours ago. But... <laughs> <laughs> did it evolve? Were you, you know... On a substance, or was this just like no? A, and okay. I can't and I can't believe that you're trying to play me like that. Like no, this I'm not is trying a to play choice. you. I'm trying to say, you know, look, that's how most of my great inspiration comes from. I don't oh, know about oh, you. You were just saying, how. you know what I mean? That's no, where my inspiration comes from. Because I'm a creative from. being, and I just looked at one plus one equals two, and I said, yo, why didn't I just say this? And and also, I feel like at this stage, mm -hmm. it makes the most sense in terms of casting. Mm. And because there's been so much talk lately, and the character I'm talking about is Nubia, um. Wonder Woman's sister, whatever, depending on how you're looking at her. But I feel Yatide Badaki should mm. be cast as Nubia. And here's just some reasons why. Strong acting, mm. commanding presence that can hold her own up opposite of other very strong players or strong personalities, if you will, as you see in the current DCEU. Mm-hmm. She has the physicality and a combat readiness. If mm -hmm. you, if she actually has a, just, just a resume floating, a, a acting resume floating around in that. But if you read that, you see that she she has some physical stuff on there, and so she's prepared to train. Mm -hmm. She has language skills, mm -hmm. and she also and this and this is just really an aside, but she has an accent. You know how 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 WB we love the accents, man. Uh, she's <laughs> already played a god, so she gets it. Bill Quist from American Gods. Great and then, show. Finally, and 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 you know, just very importantly, she's a whole look. Like, look at her. The I agree there. Fuck. Like, not only does she have the look, she is a look. Facts. So I feel, and 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 if for for all the people who want to be tentacle, oh, she's not that tall. Nigga, who gives a fuck? Wolverine was here for 30, 300 years, and he's shorter than me. So it, it doesn't matter. It's movies. We can make it happen. Who cares about that? And for anybody who want to say some wild shit about age or some shit like that, Gal Gadot's 36 or whatever how old she is. Like, I, I don't think that really matters. So I, as far as the current DC approach to the Justice League and all of the, the characters are, Yatide would fit perfectly within this space. Is there some talk about Nubia coming up in Wonder Woman three? Is that what's going on now? I mean, well, the the um the comic, the the refreshed comic came out. Ah, uh, true, true. true. Uh, and then, and again, she's like just over. I just feel like over the last year, there's just been talk about it because you know, people yeah. because of reasons that I'm not going to say the name, but the actor that plays Wonder Woman, you know, people are not really have always been happy with her and and you know so the next step is people's like yo why not start talking about nubia why not saying bringing about nubia story shit like that like people trying to give wbdc a way out they're trying a to way out like <laughs> a way out I this guess. is how you push her out the paint i mean no i mean not necessarily <laughs> maybe not, necessarily not all the way, way out the paint but you can hang out around the three-point line for a while <laughs> like, <laughs> We don't need you, you know, in the paint. You, know? <laughs> you take your shots from out there where you where you gonna miss a lot more. Fan Pro